Are you nervous? No. Do you ever get nervous? Is this something that's possible for you? <laughs> So what are we talking about this week? Barcelona. We're talking about Barcelona. What happened in Barcelona? I have no idea. What happened? <laughs> Why is that? Does anyone have so been off Twitter for, I think the people who were there know, um, it's a little bit harder from the outside, but, um, it seems to have been a very, very successful show. So I, I don't know if it was the annual or I don't know if it's a yearly thing, but I, I don't think so. I think it's just sort of whenever they do it. Uh, but it was. I guess you could call it a trade show, um, but for a blockchain. Um, Normally you would expect people to be advertising this. Yeah. No, I mean, I think they made a lot of noise about it. I think it was more industry specific and it wasn't so much. And I mean, maybe it, it should have been both potentially, um, but you know, you can't get everything right the first time. Um, I, would, I would have definitely liked to see like a full day by day sort of rundown of everything that happened in full yeah. detail because. That would have been very good for marketing purposes, I think. Yeah. You know? I mean, I, I hope that at the very least they, um, sort of take all the keynote speeches and put them on YouTube. Uh, that would be, that would be, uh, hours of fun. Yeah, um, so be more sort of post-production about it happening. Once hopefully done, they're going to be putting videos or something. So let's talk about the big topics. Uh, the first one, um, was the BTC bridge to avalanche. What's the significance of this for you? Just the fact that it could bring a lot of money into Avalanche. Obviously, there's a ton of money. Bitcoin. I think the more that people look to get their cryptocurrency in general off of centralized exchanges, then uh, that's going to come in through any bridge that's available because every bridge that is available is a pretty sought-after kind of um, device. So why? how is the Bitcoin that's on uh, Avalanche now getting to Avalanche? Actually, I'm not 100% on that. Uh, I guess the big, the Bitcoin that's on Avalanche now is coming through Ethereum. Right. That's actually, that was, that would have been my guess. So there's no direct bridge from Bitcoin. There's no other bridge. So there's only going to be one bridge. It's going to be this official bridge. Uh, I mean, there, there are probably going to be like, um, the, the different offerings of tokenized Bitcoin are probably also going to launch on Avalanche. I, I expect if they haven't already. What does that mean? So like WBTC, RenBTC. Anchor BTC and the the Badger Bridge. Um, there's a few different forms of tokenized Bitcoin where you can send your Bitcoin to one of these holding places. They take your Bitcoin but, and they give you. What, what, what's the process? So you go from Bitcoin, like let's just take let's take Red BTC. How do you get from BTC to Red BTC on Avalanche? So you would send your Bitcoin to a specified wallet address, and then you have an account set up with them. I don't know the specifics, but in general, they're all going to be pretty much the same. Um, once you send your Bitcoin to a specified wallet on their Bitcoin addresses, um, then they're going to credit a token to you on the chain that represents your held Bitcoin. Similar to how you would deposit uh, you know, US dollars into USDC or Tether, and then you would get basically stable token in return for your US dollars. But are these generally like centralized bridges with like a, a centralized company that's actually providing the yeah, service or it's so far? Yeah, they're all centralized. There's no, there's no decentralized right. like thing. They're all going through, um, some company, some 
project. Um, I'm sure they would say that they're decentralized, but, don't but they're yeah. held in one central location. So, but don't you view like is is there a difference uh, between, for example, something like the the official Avalanche bridge um, from Ethereum to Avalanche and one of these uh, other bridges? Like besides the fact that it's tied to Avalanche and it's the official one, besides that fact, is there is there a material difference in that bridge versus these bridges? Are they all sort of the same? That the underlying um, well, essentially, code is different, but the Avalanche, process. The Avalanche bridge is is a native bridge built into the blockchain. Right. I'm assuming. Um, I don't have the full details, but if it's being built by the Avalanche devs, it's going to be. It's not going through like a centralized third party or someone else who is setting up uh, like a service. It's going through kind of an offering from Avalav's devs. But I guess, let me reframe that question. Is it essentially the same, but one is built by the underlying blockchain team and the other ones aren't? Yeah. But otherwise they're essentially all the same. The process is the same. You send your Bitcoin to, um, they're all going to have, you know, whatever, they're going to generate a wallet as soon as you're requesting one. You send your Bitcoin to that wallet. That wallet's kind of going to get like locked down, cold storage, whatever. And then... Um, they're tokenizing it, so they're minting a new token based on this every time you send, you know, a Bitcoin or part of a Bitcoin or whatever. So I, I can get Bitcoin today. I can wrap it. I can bring it to Avalanche. Um, the significance, therefore, of this new bridge is that it's just going to make people feel better um, because it's probably, let's assume that they did a, a really good job at making it secure and as decentralized as possible, and it's more direct. And it, it feels good using it because you know it's like the official bridge, and that's so it's more like a psychological. I mean, you're removing barriers, right? Like right now, well, you also you have to go through different chains and kind of loss, right? Fees, time, right? Because if you want to send Bitcoin to Avalanche, you'd have to go through a different chain entirely, right? Uh, and right. of all the news that came out this week, sorry to cut you off. Of all the the news that came out this week. Uh, to you, so we're talking about the, the Bitcoin bridge, the core wallet and, um, the creator plot, right? Those are sort of the three big pieces. Um, which one is your favorite? Probably the core wallet. Okay. Uh, I thought you were going to say, uh, the Bitcoin uh, bridge. I'm definitely looking forward to the Bitcoin bridge because, uh, it's going to bring in a lot of sort of outside funds much easier into Bitcoin or into Avalanche rather. Um, but I mean, the core wallet is going to be kind of turning Avalanche into something that I think a lot of people haven't seen in crypto DeFi area. Um, it's basically going to make using Avalanche and using the dApps on Avalanche and DeFi um, kind of I'm, I'm, I'm assuming will be a, a more seamless experience. And it's also, I'm hoping, I'm assuming is going to tie in um, the subnets and basically all of the features that Avalanche has to offer. If it's being built specifically by this team, I would assume that this is their goal. The reason why they're not continuing to use um, or continuing to include things like MetaMask and third-party wallets, they're going to focus their efforts on a kind of seamless wallet experience then you're... metamask is very buggy do we do we sort of agree like metamask is not a great user experience yeah, uh, at this point in time. yeah i mean it's the best thing we have so far but uh, yeah i believe 
there could be a lot better. Yeah, no, and I think every time we're going to critique something, you know, here, it's like, we have a lot of respect for the people who develop V1, but V2 is always better. And, and we're sort of at a point where MetaMask needs a V2. Um, it's, it's not a fun, fun experience, right? Um, yeah, I think but MetaMask it, should work, personally, I think it should work more seamlessly with the environment that you're using. I think when you have this kind of little pop-up that comes up on the side and to log into it, which maybe people will have to log into it anyways, just for security reasons, but... Um, if it's, if it's included inside the apps that you're using, it's going to be like a more sort of immersive and less, um, not that, you know, being immersive really matters in crypto because it's not like you're watching a movie, but at the same time, you kind of want to be able to know that the things that you're using work together very well. If it's built to like mesh, then you're going to probably have a lot more trust and sort of confidence in the fact that it'll work well. So they're doing uh, a mobile wallet uh, and they're doing a browser extension. So currently MetaMask, I, I've always only used the browser extension. Is there even a mobile version? I don't think so. Um, there is a mobile version of MetaMask. Okay. It's uh, kind of slow. It's not, I've tried I'll using it. it. I didn't like it that much. Because it's you're you're running a browser and you're running MetaMask at the same time on a phone. Um, oh, so it runs on the browser on your phone. It, it's it's running its own browser. It'll probably I think it uses okay. whatever browser that you have. It'll integrate right. it into the MetaMask app, and then right. you're going to be able yeah, to. That doesn't. But um, in terms of like actually like you know doing a contract, like if you want to I don't know set trade something on uh, Trader Joe or something, it's it's going to be. Um, it's going to be kind of wonky. Right. So um, you're super excited about the core wallet and it's just for this sort of like linear improvement reason. Like it's just going to be V2 of let's call MetaMask V1. This is V2. It's a step up improvement. And, and that's sort of the story for you or is there something else to it? Um, I think it's kind of continuing the um, amazement that people feel when they switch, right. let's say from Ethereum. Right. To avalanche so as it as it is if you're an existing kind of ethereum user where you have only ever used DeFi or d apps on ethereum and right now you switch to avalanche like your mind will be blown at the lower fees and way faster transactions and the fact that your transactions very rarely if ever are going to just get hanged on the chain waiting to be accepted or just dropped entirely because it's just not going to happen. Um, so now, I mean, you know, going from using just, for example, like using SushiSwap or Uniswap on Ethereum, switching from that experience to using Trader Joe, it's completely different. You do it the first time and you're like, this is insane. People need to right. know that this exists. Right. So... You know, you're going to so, pay so, $20 yeah. for a single trade when the gas fees are, you know, even at a moderate level. And chances are you're probably going to wait maybe a minute or more for that transaction to be confirmed. With Avalanche, you send it, you pay maybe a dollar or less, and the transaction gets confirmed in seconds. So so, so the, the, the weakest link in like having a seamless experience for a user right now is MetaMask, and this sort of upgrades it, and that's why yeah, you're excited so, about the so, 
so extending from that, from that point where people are already switching from Ethereum to Avalanche and they're saying how much more efficient it is just to use, which the efficiency makes it more enjoyable to use. It's not frustrating. Um, when you are also going to take away this, this kind of weird MetaMask thing, and it's just going to hopefully work seamlessly with the DApps that you're using, it's going to be another level of like, why isn't everything like this? So I have two questions about the core wallet. Um, my first question is, and, and this may be asking a lot, but, um, is there a plan for the mobile wallet to be, uh, integrated with some sort of direct merchant payment, uh, via like existing, uh, sort of ramps, uh, like these or MasterCard or, or debit. Um, or, or through like another sort of idea that is more interesting than that. Um, but are we, could we soon or eventually, or hope, you know, right away, if the Avalanche team has been talking to Visa and there's a way to sort of like integrate a direct payment, uh, link where, you know, I can go to Starbucks and I can use my Avalanche mobile wallet and then buy, buy a cup of coffee. If, if, if I could do that tomorrow, to me, this is huge upside because what, what you're talking about is I think very important and I'm excited for a better user experience as well, but it's not, it's not a, you know, it's a small step innovation and I'm sort of looking for like huge step innovations. Um, and if you could actually take a blockchain and make it work in the real, real world, and this could be the missing link, right? Like it's that last step. Yeah. Um, that would be, that would be, you know, an, order of magnitude sort of improvement. Uh, it would be a 10 X improvement. Really? I mean, it really would be, uh, just that alone. Piece that yeah. DeFi and crypto needs to get mass adoption. Right. When, when, what are the odds of that happening? <laughs> what are the odds of, I mean, the Avalanche team is that organized and smart and they are on top of this and they have seen, I mean, they must be talking about it internally, right? Like it's, I, I would it's almost impossible that they're not trying to do this. I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's probably some kind of uh, talks or questions about how they can make this work. Um, of course, I'm, I'm only going from speculation because I don't have a lot of information from what even happened. So I'm just assuming, but generally, I mean, you can assume something like this is going to be. Because they've, they've executed, you know, everything I've seen them execute in the past six months has been pretty. Yeah. And everything I would have expected like, to them to do. Impressive. Everything I would have expected them to do, they've done and delivered even above that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um, as far as yeah. that goes, um, I would assume that there's going to be probably something happening. And even if there's not, um, if the core wallet makes it so that you're able to just kind of have this, um, kind of like turnkey, uh, product from Avalanche where you can use the whole ecosystem without having to go outside of itself. Um, if there isn't this one factor of being able to have like real world payments, somebody's going to build it and they're going to integrate it into the system. And, yeah. and, and it'll be very easy for a third party to integrate something like this, especially and, with the low fees and the fast transactions. And by the way, we, we've heard nothing about this, right? Like there, there's been no announcements in this direction. I've seen, I've read absolutely nothing about using the core wallet to be a mobile wallet that can be used in the real world, but yeah. I'm just sort of, you know, looking at the big wins and 
I mean, it's just such a natural place for this product to go. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm sort of thinking about like, you know, MetaMask could be potentially working on this as well, but I, I don't know if they're structured in sort of this for-profit, we want to make this thing work in the same way. I think it's more, I would imagine it's more run like a foundation. Um, so maybe they're, they're sort of not as aggressive about developing it, um, speculating here. Um, but okay. So that's, that's sort of the, the number one big win. Uh, my number one, my number two big, so I, you know, just to recap, even if we get base functionality, you're, you're excited. I'm excited about that too. I'm yeah. really excited if we get some sort of merchant, uh, you know, integration. Um, my second question and, and, uh, the point on which I'm hopeful is, um, the subnet integration. Um, yeah. do you need this core wallet to make the subnet infrastructure work in a way that is seamless where you don't have to take money from your wallet? And bridge it to, you know, let's say you're using 10 different subnets. I don't want to have to bridge to 10 different subnets. I want to have one place in my wallet and I want the wallet to, if it needs to bridge in the background, that's fine. Um, but I, as a user, don't want to know what's happening. I just want to know that my funds are being used on any subnet. Um, and from what we've seen, you know, in the basic, I'm just using the spaces, uh, test subnet. Uh, and I, I know it was just sort of signing a transaction. It wasn't fully processing it. Um, so I don't know, you know, how this translates, uh, a, to this wallet or to doing transactions on some nets. Um, but it, it does seem like maybe there's some ingenious way to set this up. So you can have one wallet, you could use it across a hundred, a thousand, you know, 10,000 subnets seamlessly. Um, and I would think that maybe this is why this is coming out now, like subnets are coming out and then. Uh, the core wallet is coming out around the same time. Is this a coincidence or, or is there sort of a, you know, perfect integration that's going to happen between the two? Um, so again, just speculation, but, uh, I think the timing is, uh, um, kind of very convenient for them to have all of these things seeming to converge at a very close kind of time frame. All within it seems it seems like a grand vision that is being or orchestrated, not not yeah, like so random pieces. So if you see it from, from the like the ten thousand foot view, you know, yeah. um, there's all these things happening at the same time. If the wallet, if their like thing were to tie all this together, then it would make sense, I think, and uh, it would definitely be like a, I mean, just a massive improvement over what exists currently, even on Avalanche, I mean, massive improvement over everything else out there on the market. But, um, yeah, I think, um, as far as the subnets go, it'll probably be pretty easy for them to integrate this if they're making it themselves, if they're able to code all this stuff together. And even if not, I think probably they're going to be able to make it so that even if you're still just using MetaMask. Um, the subnets should be pretty easy to use. If you have to do bridging, um, there's probably going to be some way to make this transit. Like if you're going to make a transaction, it should, there should be a way to make this easier than having to do extra steps. They should just, right. you know, if you have to bridge something, the bridge process should be included. It, it's it, it's not, it's not going to be like bridging from, you know, Ethereum to some other chain. No, like it's, it's going to be much easier, obviously. 30, yeah. 20 minutes or whatever to, to get right. your funds bridged over there. It should probably be just as seamless and instant as sending a transaction as 
So I, I think uh, if I don't know if anyone's going to be watching this this podcast or if it's just just a conversation between you and I, uh, we'll, we'll find out. But uh, if if anyone is watching, I, I think we'll you know Hello. we'll definitely do some shows. Hello. Um, we'll definitely do some shows about subnets specifically. I think this is sort of a huge topic, uh, and we're not going to get into to it more than that, except to say that it's it's a it's a huge step up innovation, and but it needs to get tied together somehow. Otherwise, yeah. I don't know how bullish I am on the subnets if. Moving assets between subnets is, is difficult. Um, I'm I'm a lot less excited. Uh, if moving assets between subnets is easy, then you just built sort of the fastest, most scalable chain in in crypto. I think. I mean, yeah. it's it's essentially what you've done with between the between the gossip protocol and the subnet architecture. You have something that is that defies a trilemma, and um, so you know it's it's. Secure is decentralized and it's scalable, um, and and if you can make the bridging between them seamless, then you have a great user experience. And it's hard to think that you know. I mean, I don't know if we want to talk about what how this impacts the uh, Avex, the Avalanche Avax price. Um, I think That's it's maybe positive. Another, That's another show. another show. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, not not fi- not um, financial advice, but. Uh, this, if this all comes together, I, I think, you know, being a buyer of Avalanche will not be a, you know, a, a silly, uh, I, I think, I, I think it might be something very, um, yeah, with a lot of upside, yeah. um, within the right portfolio context. And yeah, again, not financial advice. So, uh, let's sort of move on to like the last, um, big piece of news coming out of, uh, Barcelona, uh, which is the, uh, the $100 million creator fund that is uh, being, I don't know if it's spearheaded, may not be the right word, but um, being advertised uh, with uh, the help of Grimes. Um, what are your Three. thoughts? I think it's interesting. Um, I don't yeah. have a lot of opinions or ideas on the more oh. artistic side of crypto with NFTs, oh. you know, all that stuff. But I think there could be, uh, if Avalanche is trying to make a play for more than just finance if they're trying to look for you know ways to do art ways to sell music ways to like who knows if they're just trying to make it so that everything happens on avalanche um this could be a great way to kind of encourage people to get on the chain who maybe have no interest in crypto but they can see who knows uh, just a new way to sell their merch or sell their art or uh to create kind of like a decentralized platform if they don't like the other platforms that exist so um just to give this a bit more context uh the first incentive um sort of uh, bag that uh everyone got in the ecosystem was uh the the rush uh, incentive yeah right uh which was i think around 200 million dollars uh, I don't remember how much it was, but it was pretty significant. It was a significant n- number, and it's it's ongoing as well, right? There's still uh, some money, I believe, in that well, fund, and, and some people are still are still getting it. I, 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 I know think that the part. amount was announced, and um, but I think it's likely that it ended up becoming a lot more because when the rush program was announced, the price of Avalanche was a lot lower than it is now. Right. So I think if if the dollar amount was announced in terms of Avalanche value, mm-hmm. um probably increased in value because they've been issuing avalanche tokens. You think that's how they would have priced it? That's, I mean, it seems, um, I feel like they, they should have priced it in staples or something, but then 
Anyway, so let's maybe not go down that rabbit hole. So um, right. that was the first uh, incentive uh, program. Um, the second one, uh, it, it was, or is, it was announced recently as the subnet incentive program. Uh, I think that one is $190 million. I could be wrong on that number. I could be wrong on that number. Um, not sure about that one. Yeah. Um, but that's been announced as well. And it's also a very significant number. And then, um, the creator fund is a hundred million, uh, dollars. Um, so I sort of, the subnet one yeah. you're talking about, is that the same thing as the dev fund that they launched? It's the, the one that they launched very recently. I think there was um, a $200 million dev fund to bring developers over to Avalanche. They were wanted to encourage development and growth and people building. So they okay. launched a dev fund. I feel like we may be uh, sort of not relaying this perfectly well. Uh, we'll have to like revisit this topic in the future. Uh, but I, I think the, the the overarching sort of point here is that uh, there's, there, there's been these diff different funds uh, to do different things. Um, and they always sort of make sense. I, I think, again, it's the avalanche, um, uh, um, foundation or it's not a foundation, uh, the avalanche avalanche team. Yeah. Avalabs, the avalanche team really, um, you know, having a, a well-worked out view of how to do this. I mean, it's, it's very, I think, organized, um, to me doing the, the creator fund is sort of the first of all I, I would say it's it's the right time in terms of uh sequence to do it last uh so you want to do DeFi, you want to do you want to bring devs over you you, you want to encourage DeFi, you want to encourage some nets and then you want to encourage artistic uh ventures yeah um, so i i love how they're doing it yeah lay out all the groundwork make it so that yeah. all the other people who you know like to get in on the coding side and to you know fiddle around with uh kind of like an early development ecosystem, get it to a place where it's good, probably easy to use, hopefully, you know, have a nice seamless core wallet and then bring in everyone else. Yeah, it's very smart. It shows like a grand scheme, right? Like they're doing this strategically um, and then partnering up with uh, Grimes, uh, sort of genius. I think Grimes is great for stuff like this. She's sort of an early adopter of everything, I guess, um, and sort of has a, has a vision. Um, I, I, I think this is a very good partnership. Um, um, do you want to talk about like how these partnerships have worked in the past for other chains and um, how they were in? Yeah. Well, I mean, in general, they've never really gone super well because right. I won't go into specifics, but there's been quite a few, um, I would say influencers who have had uh, some run-ins with the law because of the way that they were promoting or sort of secretly accepting financial, you know, incentives to promote something. Um, and a lot of them kind of just, I think they flopped. I don't know if I've ever seen one that kind of went well long-term um, because people were just in it for the money. They were just... Right. You're going you're to give me money to do something for you. And so it's basically just paying an influencer to your marketer. Um, and is this different? I mean, because I, I think, for example, Grimes is actually getting uh, financed to do an, an artistic project on Avalanche. So it's not it's not paid advertising. It's it's more like a partnership, at, at least based on the small amount of details that have come out on this program. Uh, it, it looks more like a real partnership. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, I think which which may be a key differentiator. 
right? Like if they're not if they're not gonna just pay her directly just because they want it like a kind of like a front man or front woman, right? Um, Right. If it's just she's you know gonna get a contribution because she's actually contributing, then I think it'll be interesting. I mean, I don't know much about you know her or what she does, so be curious to see what comes out of it. I mean, this is sort of the the the, the funny part of all this, uh, you know, all the, the, the avalanche hardcore uh, before you know, whose crimes, <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> and there's been a lot of that. Um, yeah, I'm in that crowd. Yes. Yes. Um, I mean, I, I sort of know her cause I, I follow Tesla a little bit and she's been present in that cause she's, she has a relationship with Elon. So, um, I, one of the big questions is, is she bringing Elon over to avalanche? Uh, it, will he drop Doge for a, or could we have a Doge sub that? Um, that could be fine. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, that would be very yeah, interesting. Social avalanche. Um, I might, I might be bullish on it uh, if that happened. Um, yeah. Imagine Elon so, Musk becoming an avalanche bull. Yeah, that would be not unhelpful. That would be, that would be a, a good catalyst, I think. Um, which, which I, I sort of almost expect could happen because he's yeah. right on many things. Well, I mean, um, he's looking and, for, you know, the, the right network or the right system. Yeah, the right tech. Um, I think if he's aware of Avalanche, he should probably be in favor of Avalanche. Yeah, I I, I think once he has sort of time to, um, and I, I hate making Elon predictions because I mean who knows, right? Um, not in his head, but I you know if if he ever had the time to sort of understand the architecture uh, or meet some of the people from Avalanche, uh, I, I think he would get it very quickly. Uh, and I think yeah, that would be it's hard to think that he wouldn't come aboard um, because the tech is just yeah. Uh, between the gossip protocol and some that's it's yeah, it's pretty it's pretty great um so i i think we'll leave it here for 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 this week on our pilot first time uh episode if anyone has made it this far thank you <laughs> hope it hasn't been too painful for you uh and yeah. we'll try to get this to be better every week uh please i guess follow us on all the places that would be great thank you jared i concur very good 